0: Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non invasive, non surgical, and drug free. Start your journey to a pain free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303 292 9992, now in Lowry or downtown.
1: Oh, okay. We're so sorry on that one. No, no. I want to speak to a supervisor. Well, supervisors are all in a meeting. Of course they are. They're always in a meeting, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get one of Koi back? Well, that's the thing. Um, I don't know when my supervisor's coming back. Well, is she at her desk? You don't know because you're working from home and you don't even know where she is cause she's working from home, too. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a real zoo, Marcus. It, it is yeah. a zoo. J Moore Tech Talk Show where we answer questions about technology, explain the way they should work, and why they don't sometimes. Well, hey everybody, it is John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur here, and welcome once again to another great episode of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Marcus, I can't believe this, I say this all the time, we are just on the second week of December, can you believe that? I can't believe it, John. And, you know, like,
2: the more and more you say that, the closer we get to exiting out of
1: 2021. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the truth. And, uh, of course, Marcus, it's always great to have you here and your great commentary to help our wonderful listeners and viewers uh, make some great connections uh, to what I'm talking about. So good to have you here. And so tonight, um, what I want to talk about, well, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. We have a great show here tonight. And incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, uh, while you're watching our show, you know, if you happen to decide during the show that, hey, you know, you'd like to reach our audience, then, uh, you know, connect with us because uh, we reach a very unique audience uh, in the tech field that uh, you may want to get in front of. So you can talk to our team about that uh, if you're interested. You know, we're hearing a lot, Marcus, about the Omnivariant and uh, everything that's happening. I think what they're doing, Marcus, I think they're just scaring people. Yeah, because you never
2: know what type of variant you're going to get next, right?
1: You know, we, we move from one variant to the other. You know,
2: um, there was Delta. Now Delta's out the way and Ami's here.
1: It, it, it's nuts, right? It is. Uh, I, I have to believe, though, that it's got to be something with a money variant. <laughs> <laughs> because I personally didn't go get the third shot. I don't think the third shot's even going to work because now they're just saying that we don't even know if it's going to work. So why are we telling people to go get a vaccine, a third vaccine when we have no idea whether it's going to do anything for us or it's going to hurt us?
2: Yeah, this is weird. You know, it's getting weirder and weirder. You know, uh, pretty soon it's going to be a fourth rollout out uh, vaccine. <laughs> so
1: I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it. You know, we're waiting on a lot of things and we're talking about a lot of returns, aren't we? But speaking about returns, you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, they're going to go back to work. Everything's going to be fine. This is going to be done and everything's going to be okay. But you know, Google was supposed to, uh, be on the return for uh, January, but you know, that may not be the case anymore. Uh, they don't believe that January 10th is so viable. And they are working right now, as we speak, to come up with a structured hybrid schedule in the United States that was previously planned. Um, And they sent this out to an email to employees. And again, they're supposedly a tech giant in a lot of different areas. But now for them to reassess their uh, operations and the fact that they're not coming back to work, I got to believe that that's setting a stage and a tone for other companies.
2: Yeah, I, I just got. Kind of I, I'm wondering, John, is there any advantages to these companies uh, for allowing their employees to work remotely? You know, what you what know, the, you have a great a
1: great point there, Marcus. And what I have to tell you is this. When people work remotely, you got to make sure if you're a boss that you're really getting productivity out of them. I mean, I'm not here to to knock people that are working from home because I get that some people can work from home efficiently. And, and be very good for the company. But there's a lot of people, Marcus, that really just snow job the company. Yeah. Uh, they spend more time taking care of their kids, cooking their husband, or they're another breakfast or dinner. And that's taking more of a priority than phone calls or emails. It is. And it's a problem without the company being big brother. How do you set a policy? To make sure your staff works well i think one way you do it is uh you can establish some trust but then you just have to kind of see what they're doing of course you can install software to see what they're working on during your time and if somebody is not working like if they have to go do something which that happens then they need to clock out and let somebody know they're not available and if there's too many unavailable uh minutes then somebody needs to say something to that person because i think what we have to do is get the employee to realize that they have to make sure they clock out so that another team member doesn't expect they're going to be available or worse, another client. That's a good analysis of
2: that. And um, you really, you know, pure to into what what's happened behind the scenes. I, I, I think another question that, you know, most audience might have is like, you know, do you think we're going to see any new technology roll out the, the, the more time prolongs on like getting people out back in the field, you know, uh, I
1: think we're going to see some more technology that was already implemented, things like the, you know, the smart uh, temperature checkers, and we're going to see a lot more remote workforce software. But I also believe we're going to see things like uh, gating technology to be able to see if somebody's working, are they really at home, or, or are they at the supermarket? And I know that sounds like big brother, but you have to realize something. If a company is not getting their work done, okay? now I'm believing right now that everybody has good employees. But if you're not getting your work done, they're saying, well, gee, I just can't do it. I don't have the time. Then I think there is a reason to investigate
0: are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical and drug free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call downtown's healthcare at 303-292-9992 now in Lowry or downtown.
1: The fact that maybe people's time should be checked a lot more thoroughly. Yeah. Um, I've had lots of people and uh, you know, they say, well, John, I can work from home. I'm like, okay. And, suddenly what i did when i noticed work wasn't getting done i stopped giving work to be done at home and then they said to me john well can't we do work from home i said i'll think about it so then about a month or two went by and i assigned some work to be done at home but this time i actually got the work done and we were ahead of schedule so i think you have to let the employee know who's boss and let them know that you're willing to work with them but you're not here to be taken advantage of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that's great uh, great advice and great insight into uh, what's really going on in these changing crazy times.
1: <laughs> so Google has already told their employees that uh, they're not required to return to the office as expected on January 10th. That was when they were deciding to send people back to work, but that's not happening. And the security VP says, despite 40% of the U.S. Googlers already coming in, the company will wait to enforce the three-day office return mandate until it's safe to return to its stable long-term work environment. But you know, Marcus, it's not going to be stable for a long time. I mean, we still have issues with logistics and products. I'm waiting three or four months for products to come in.
2: Yeah, we still have issues in customer service, uh, you know, trying to get get through (laughs) to somebody.
1: (laughs) I know. And you call them and you just get disconnected. You call them back like, can you do me a favor? Uh, Can you call back a little later? Because I don't know how to use this screen. Excuse me? (laughs) I'm not familiar with how to look that up. Can you call back like in about 20 minutes? Uh, Okay. Can you transfer me? Well, that's the thing. We're upgrading our phone system, so I don't know if I can transfer you. I don't know. It, it, it's it's crazy. Um, and the company is not setting a new return date. Um, they're calling this a smart move. I don't know if I agree. And it's all because of the hype and the press around the Omicron variant. And, you know, we have challenged hiring people now. I don't know about you, Marcus, knowing this where you are, but getting people to come into work, is very difficult.
2: It is. Uh, we're seeing a lot of employee, uh, new employees uh, hiring um, shortages. Of you know, They're like getting
1: higher, but you know what's happening, Marcus? And I have this philosophy, too. I never like to fire somebody. I make them quit. The way yeah. I do that is when somebody's not working out, we obviously write them up three times. But when I want somebody to quit, I cut their hours back to, like, nothing.
2: Yeah.
1: And they magically decide it's not working i've had some people at home doing some social media stuff and i'm like why isn't this done with it oh sorry john i I got tied up on something else how long am i going to tolerate that yeah you can't tolerate it for long that's for sure but when you can't find anybody to replace them that's a problem yeah so i think this omnicron is just another excuse for people not to go to work i'm not saying to not be safe i'm not saying to not wear a mask uh, and things like that what i'm saying is we need to get back into life we need to get away from the virtual world because you and i both know marcus business is not happening virtually as much as everybody we know out there talks about it there's not a lot of business in the virtual world no it's not The people I know, and I'm not going to mention names, one company actually runs a not-for-profit who actually turned it in, who has a not-for-profit, and now they have a for-profit. And now they're trying to pay people money for doing tasks that actually help benefit their company. I just feel that virtual networking and the virtual world, it's limited, Marcus. I want to talk to people that are local and near me, not to somebody that's in Oshkosh. Yeah,
2: or all the way in India.
1: Exactly, or or, 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 or halfway across the world. And, you know, they don't understand what's going on. Um, I had a person call the other day to me, and they kept calling like every month, and they were looking for us to do something. I called them back. They didn't leave a message. I called them back and I said, look, I said, I spent 28 minutes holding for you. You people call me every single month and ask us to do something for you. Then you waste our time as you pre-qualify us and you get us on the hook to try to work with you so you can tell your people that you've got people, but you don't even have the business yet. So I, I came down to them the other day and I called them back and I said, look, I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful to you. You're wasting our company's time, okay? We're busy. We don't have time for this. So do us a favor. Call us if you need us, sincerely. But if you keep calling us and we find out that there is not a viability, we're going to block you. Oh, okay, we're so sorry on that one. No, no, I want to speak to a supervisor. Well, supervisors are all at a meeting. Of course they are. they're always in a meeting marcus yeah <laughs> can i get one of you back well that's the thing um, i don't know when my supervisor's coming back well is she at her desk you don't know cuz you're working from home and you don't even know where she is cuz she's working from home too right
2: oh <laughs> uh, yeah it yeah, it's it's, it's
1: it's a it, it it's a real zoo marcus it it is yeah. a zoo and you know talking about control right Whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the government or we're talking about businesses or we're talking about people spending more money, like over $27,000 now I understand is the cost in December of 2021 for one of those cargo uh, containers, $27,000 to transport that. Jesus. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. And you know what's going to happen to you and I. They're going to pass it on to people. Now, we're not paying 27000 but we go buy something. Our, our shipping costs went up. I just went to buy something before. You know what they told me? Because of the holidays, we're tacking on a $3 surcharge because of the, the FedEx, UPS, and freight issues. What kind of nonsense is that?
2: Yeah, it's total nonsense, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't really, you know— uh excuse uh, any of of the situation you know it it's really
1: it's, it's really price gouging at, it, it's, it's price gouging and it's a control issue but yeah. speaking about control uh we all know nvidia very well um you know for video cards and whatnot well uh nvidia recently tried to acquire arm uh the licensing arm for chips and the federal trade commission has sued to stop the blockbuster chip deal Wow. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. No,
2: <laughs> I, I think uh, we, we had them in the news a couple of a couple of uh, months back. You know, uh, Divya and they were doing some, you know, doing something. Uh,
1: they uh, started not, it then, and yeah, uh, the FPC yeah. recently blocked the forty billion dollar acquisition of the fellow chip company ARM. They said that by halting this, it would have been the biggest semiconductor industry deal in the history. And the regulators pushed against this because that would then be the ones that every else other person would have to deal with for chips and components, etc. So they felt that it was a good idea to block this move. But isn't... That's
2: one of the biggest issues we face, though, in this country. Like, you know, chip production.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, I want to quote something from the FTC is, is suing to block the largest semiconductor chip merger in history to prevent a chip conglomerate from stifling the innovation pipeline for next generation technologies. So what they're afraid of, okay, is that if they get so big, and they are able to overpower what's here. And now they have a problem with their chip production. It's going to cripple the world. They say the reason they're doing this is they're trying to keep America competitive. Baloney.
2: Yeah, but, you know, they, they talking off the side of their next job because we don't see any investment into that. I area. know.
1: I know. No. So, yeah. NVIDIA it says they're committed to preserving ARM's open licensing model. That's what they are, and ensuring that its IP is available to all interested licensees in current and in the future. And the FTC isn't the first government regulator to scrutinize the deal. I don't know if I believe that or not. The uh, European Union said they were announcing an issue similar in the UK. But who is actually making these decisions? Sounds and like people, why
2: it, it sounds like people who want their hands in the pot but can't get
1: that—that's that, what it sounds like to me. Somebody just wants to get their hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. And the thing about ARM that most people don't know, ARM's architecture is low powered, and it's available to so many different companies. Uh, the chips have taken over the industry. So what they're afraid of. In fact, the last year, companies sold twenty-five, not million guys, billion in ARM chips. More than fourfold increase since twenty ten. So what would happen if Nvidia bought ARM? That's the single most company that makes these this licensing technology for things like uh, you know we've seen things like the the Snapdragon and 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 the ARM specific version of Windows. This is what they're doing. I mean, they would really have a handle on the market. They'd also be able to control the car industry, Nintendo. Even the Tesla infotainment systems. I don't know. I I just feel like um, this is a shady deal. I think it should have been allowed. I think NVIDIA has been a solid company. And I don't think it actually would have hurt hurt everyone. No, and
2: it, it seemed like they were being pretty reasonable, you know, Especially when they offer to share the licenses. uh,
1: Yeah, so NVIDIA is actually out of Santa Clara, California. So are they trying to say that they don't want us to produce chips in the United States? Because that's what it sounds like to me. That's what it. That's what it sounds like. That's what it feels like,
2: John. You know, and um, sounds like this. This. This move came from, you know, um, people who, who who got special interest somewhere else.
1: Well, you know what else is a problem you see the reason that people are so concerned I don't know if you know this but on roughly october 27th of 2021 nvidia surpassed intel that's right nvidia surpassed intel as the largest semiconductor company in a market cap Wow. so we're gonna break down intel versus nvidia stock i mean come on <laughs> Nvidia seems to have better engineering, and they seem to sell more product. I mean, that's inevitable.
2: It is, you know, uh, and it's, it's it's quite hypocrisy though at its very best, you know. And um, I, I don't I don't see you know what the issue is here, and um, I mean we 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 do see what the issue is, but I don't see what the issue is, you know. Um, the is,
1: issue is somebody's not getting paid yeah. enough money. That's what the issue is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the obvious one.
1: So well, we'll just have to kind of keep an eye on that and see what happens. But I believe that if those uh, situations don't happen where they don't have the merger that they want, I believe that Nvidia's chip prices and, and components are going to go up next year. They're already expensive, John. How, how much more do they need to go up? I know, I know, and they can't. And you can't even get them. No. So let's just say they raise their prices 20%. But I always say to somebody, you can raise your price as much as you want, but if you don't have stock, then you're not even in the game. I think that if they let the merger go through, they should have set up a discipline whereby if they allowed it to happen, that they needed to force to have this much stock available for the, for the market value that was being used. So if they had a, a cap of a million sales, let's just say, hypothetically, they need to always have that 90% of, of market available immediately. And they have to have a plan on when they're going to be able to return the other 10% back to market. That's smart. Yeah. But they don't do things smart. We know that. No, yeah. but you know, we're, we're talking a lot about government today, as you know, and uh, there's another government that's kind of getting under my belt here. Uh, is the new United Kingdom government Internet of Things security plan really fit for the needs that the people need and want? That's another one. So we know the Internet of Things and devices, we've talked about this before, all kinds of small devices you wear from fitness trackers to smart light bulbs to things that are connected to the Internet, like Alexa, uh, Google Voice, uh, remote devices, things like that. But cybersecurity, as you know, and I know, and I've said this, I'm sure you've heard me say this at least like a broken record, it's becoming an ongoing challenge. And it's getting worse. Did you know that there were 1.5 billion breaches of internet of technology devices during the first six months of 2021 alone? I believe it. And this is according to a well-known security company, Kaspersky, uh, and that almost doubled from 639 million for all of 2021. This is the largest type of security breach that has happened And it's been a long time for manufacturers typically of inexpensive devices because now they're continuing to ship with guessable type firmware and or default passwords and insecure third-party components. I have to hand it to Netgear. Um, So you probably know the history that Netgear originally was owned. There there was another company and then they got purchased and then the other company got purchased and then it's back to Netgear. Well, netgear and bay and networks because bay and networks is kind of like the more the enterprise line yeah. and so even though they're different like little kind of different parts of the company they're the same company netgear actually ships their routers with a predefined username and uh predefined i should say password and a predefined ssid and it's printed on the router sticker you could change it but every single one of them is different they're the only ones that do that. Because they know most people are just going to take it out of the box and plug it in. Oh, by the way, Joe, Joe's network, other passwords, password. So this referendum uh, is going to outline three major areas of uh, the minimum security standards. The first is a ban of universal default passwords, such as password or admin. I think that's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that were that are preset in a device's factory settings and are easily guessable. So, Netgear's already ahead of the curve on this. So, kudos yeah. to them. The second is going to require manufacturers to provide a public point of contact to make it simpler for anyone to report a security vulnerability. Right now, it's like trying to get through to another country that doesn't speak your language. And the third is that the IoT manufacturer will also have to keep customers updated about the m- minimum amount of time a product will receive vital security updates so that means if you buy a product most products you buy have security updates for life but some of the cheaper products in the fine print tell you they're going to give security product updates uh forever but then what they forget to tell you is forever as long as windows 7 or windows 10 is still supported so you got to watch that word forever
2: yeah (laughs)
1: Or they say lifetime, Marcus, but lifetime is the lifetime of something else, not your lifetime.
2: Yeah, that's, that's weird.
1: But they do it all the time. You know, when you hear car commercials or other commercials on TV, they do this all the time. They do. So stop default passwords is definitely the one thing. I've told people to use two-factor authentication I know, so many times. I think this is a great thing. I've said this before, Marcus, we need a standard, a standard that is going to be a consortium that sets it for the world, not just UK, not just USA. And make sure, because I've told you before, the IoT devices are a complete disaster when they come out of the box. They have no security. What security? (laughs) So, again, uh, that's one thing I like about the gear devices. Um, there's other companies that when you set up their device, they force you to change the password before you can continue. I think that's a great idea. It is. But I don't think a product should just work out of the box. You plug it in and then it's just ready.
2: No, it shouldn't. You know, uh, that is like a big no-no, and I'm not sure why After all all so many years, they they haven't caught on to that yet.
1: It's an issue with cost and money. That's what it comes down to. Cost, money, time. That's why they don't do it. It's not that they can't. That makes a lot of sense. So if you remember not too long ago, I talked about uh, the 5G problem that was happening, right? And how that if the 5G network was fully enable to its original engineered capability it could cause some interference to the altimeters and for those of you who don't remember the altimeters are very vital pieces of equipment it's a meter on an airplane that say that tells you what the altitude of the plane is flying at i think that's a pretty important device to have accurate information um, displayed on it is <laughs> so um You'll be happy to know that AT&T and Verizon have agreed to limit their levels of the 5G to uh, – mm-hmm. that we're going to break the regular re- – to break the regulatory impulse. It's like they've agreed. I mean, it's not like they had a choice, Marcus.
2: <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do?
1: Like, just truck along anyways and put people at the risk? I, of I dying? Mean, it's like they're, they're giving them such accolades that they they've agreed – They've agreed because, the, the you know, the, the, the federal uh, uh, government here um, with the uh, federal aviation uh, was going to go after them and sue them, the federal, you know, the, the FAA.
2: Yeah, yeah this is not credible at all. You know, uh, this, this so-called, like, surrender
1: uh, to do what's right. <laughs> I mean, the Federal Aviation Administration, I think if they didn't do it. Would have went after them, yeah. and this is what it says. And I quote, unquote, "We have voluntarily agreed to certain precautionary protection measures for the 5G network in the C band while additional evidence from the radio out to limiter manufacturers is evaluated." Oh, thanks. That was what one company said, Verizon. Now, AT and T said in a statement, uh, "Said a statement, though there is no credible evidence that legitimate interference problem exists." we agree to take these additional steps to alleviate any safety concerns from the FAA. Gee, thanks so much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a plane crashing because they can't get the proper altitude. um, That's a problem. That is, but they said they're both going to do what they have to, even though they don't believe it has any bearing on the safety for uh, anyone traveling. They're willing to listen to this while it's being researched Mm -hmm. so what is that saying that they're going to change their mind after a while that's what it sounds like it's a problem um you know and the fact that when the cell phone signals were devised because we know Verizon and and ATT devised, and they were designed by third-party companies they're the ones that really should be on the line here
2: yeah, they, they should, and um, it, it, it appears that, like, they're just trying to take a, a clean break away from any, any like, major responsibility other than, like, okay, you know, we volunteer to get away from this, and, you know, we are going to do what's right, <laughs> so we deserve a pat on the back for doing that.
1: So then uh, they make a statement here. The FAA believes that the aviation and the 5G C-band wireless service can safely coexist. Yeah, it can safely coexist, but you forgot to tell us that it's within certain ranges. So the C-band is is a problem, the C-band, but they're going to have to maybe tweak the C-band down. And why do we need to push the C-band? Why aren't we just happy with what we have? I mean, are they going to make airplane manufacturers re-engineer the out limiters?
2: Yeah, that's not happening. Not No time soon.
1: No, you know how how behind they are <laughs> on planes and yeah. stuff. But speaking about people, uh, I don't know if many of you know, um, uh, there's a gentleman uh, online. His name is uh, uh, Ludwig Green. And uh, Ludwig uh, has a a live stream and it was actually interrupted by a copyright warning days after just joining YouTube. He was mostly known for Twitter, but YouTube, as you know, tends to be very sticky. Um, And you know, you can't just say what you wanna say uh, or play people's music that's not licensed. I can't tell you how many times we upload a video, even though it's licensed, We get a warning telling us that there's been a copyright claim because they're automated. We send a request in and then they magically dismiss the claim. But people that are doing this and don't know they're breaking the law is a problem. Now, he thought that he was suspended. He wasn't suspended when he played the catchy Baby Shark song. Mm -hmm. He was actually given a violation strike. Apparently, they allow three strikes and then you're out. Right. So he was playing an other YouTube video during a stream when he landed on the infamous catchy Baby Shark song. So he's saying he shouldn't be responsible. But Marcus, I have to tell you, we never play anything on the show unless we know what it is. That for them to just go play a YouTube channel, you don't know what you're going to get in that channel. No, you no you really don't so that's why you got to be extremely
2: careful uh, when you playing around with with YouTube or even for that matter of uh, uh, face Facebook matter <laughs> um, these these guys are notorious with um, making sure they stay true to DMCA uh, and complying with them um, we, we just had a uh, copyright strike that that was released months after <laughs> it was given so so, right. yeah, it's just, this is real.
1: No, it, it, it's very real. And this is why all our music we put is all licensed. And, you know, people think they can just take our stuff and just do whatever they want with it. It's actually a violation of copyright. And uh, YouTube has a content ID tool uh, pickup system. And it tries to do a good job to see if you're playing unlicensed videos. And so when he went to this uh other place um you know this other place online and apparently it was a uh, um when he went live to fans he was playing a video but he really wasn't sure what was in the video if he would have just stopped playing the copyrighted material immediately he would have been able to continue streaming so I guess what this comes down to because there is a is a you know kind of um uh, you know kind of hold harmless If we're broadcasting and we did go to a YouTube channel, not that I would do that, and we saw that they were doing something, let's say, that was unethical or they were playing something that we thought was illegal, or they were doing something that might be profanity or X-rated content, and we saw it and we quick-ended it, we would not be penalized for that because as soon as we picked it up, we immediately reacted and stopped it. The problem happened is that he continued to broadcast it while it was going on. So I guess this comes down to an issue. If you're going to be a streamer, you're going to be uh, a media influencer, you got to know your stuff. you got to know if what you're talking about can be aired online or if maybe you need to get permission.
2: Yeah, that's that's the two most important things that you just pointed out there and i think uh, a a lot of content creators do not take that into account when they first start out they'll they don't, they do not research all the rules and they think you know they can just go big with this thing and that'd be it so um i think that's definitely a mistake on his part
1: so there was a company it was uh again the people that own baby shark um they basically went after i don't know a lot about this company but, I mean, it's their right. If they're playing something and, you know, there's a law with how many seconds you're allowed to play before, even video, before it's considered, um, you know, to be a violation. Now, he didn't get a, a violation. He got a warning. So a warning is not a ban, but it's still not a good thing. It's a copyright strike, if you want to think about it. Three strikes and you're out. Right. Uh, can you get strikes revoked? You can, but it takes a lot of work and you have to prove that you made the intent to not have that strike. And the fact that you don't know something, well, I got news for you. Ignorance is bliss.
2: Yeah. And, um, and judging by the article, you know, he, uh, he, he does not want those uh, those strikes because it um, looks like he does got a pretty good-sized audience. And, you know, and just to be demonetized would be, you know, not pretty good for him.
1: And they're saying, um, you know, as he's getting acquainted with this new streaming hub, that his mistakes are likely to go unnoticed. I don't know. I I just feel, Marcus, it doesn't matter how big or how small you are. If you do something wrong, um, you're going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. And so hopefully they learned uh, and he learned a lesson that You know, you can't do that kind of stuff, but YouTube does not play around. So if you try to upload music on YouTube or a video and you're not sure who the owner is and you don't have permission, I can almost guarantee you there's going to be a copyright, um, what they call a, a, a copyright claim placed against you. Now, we've had them before, but we did nothing wrong. So we just answered the copyright claim and say, hey, we are legitimate. We're licensed. And they check it out. Another third party gets involved. And usually within a day or two, it's resolved. But if that's not resolved within 30 days, that can be a formal strike against you. And three strikes and you're done. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you got to really be careful. Not only um, the content that you um, are producing, but as a listener, okay? Um, you don't want to be associated with uh, people that are breaking the laws. That's going to come back to hurt you as a listener.
2: Yeah, that's very true.
1: You know, that very true. I mean, you go to share something out, you think you're helping them, and now you're suddenly in trouble because you shared their information. So again, just a, wa- a word of warning. If you're broadcasting, I don't care whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's uh, YouTube, whether it's Twitch, whether it's Facebook, I don't care where it is. Make sure you know what you're broadcasting. And if there's something behind you, and that's copyrighted, you better not show that on your screen. I love yeah, you these got people that, that right. go, they go download these little clips, which are fine for their house or something. But they're not meant to be broadcasted out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's something. That's something else to think about, John. You know, you really alluded to something. Um, something that's just as small as that. You know, like showing something in the background of your house that you know belongs to somebody else, the work of somebody else,
1: and and something as small as that can exactly get you nailed. Like when we do in my marketing production company. When we do graphic designs, we had done. I'm not going to mention the name of of the uh, the beverage company, but it's a large beverage company, and uh, it was a soda, and we were doing a social flyer for an event. And I said, "Wait a minute! You you can't put that out with it. Well, why not? We don't have their permission. You need to you need to gray that can out, or red or black that can out, or put a color on that can, or something, or make up a name for the soda. But you cannot put their name on that can. I don't care if you gray it off, you take it out of picture. I don't care what you do, but you cannot put that image on um, our 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 flyer. Even something as simple as a flyer that I pass around town. Right." It's mostly gonna burn you on social media. That's where it's gonna happen. But hey, if somebody sees your flyer in town and they're and they're suddenly attached to that company, hey, you know what XYZ did? They're using such and such. Do they have our permission to use uh, our logo in their advertising? No. Gee, well, let me give them a call. Yeah. And the first thing you probably get a slap on the wrist, but after that, I, I would do it and, and i'm hoping that um you know um whoever does this realizes that you cannot play with fire i would say you can't play with fire or water but you can use them as a tool you also can't play around with the internet Uh-oh. you have to use it as a tool well you know uh, our friends at what is it these days meta facebook who knows what it's going to be called tomorrow uh, <laughs> They um, are coming out with a new feature called split payments in their messenger system. So now you're going to be able to actually uh, pay for something and split the payment.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know. I'm not sure how important that is. Uh, The feature is going to be able to help people. Maybe if they're at a restaurant, maybe they want to divvy up the bill, I guess. I could pay one way, you could pay, so now you can have not just a person, but it can split Messenger between two people to pay or multiple people. I guess I could see that. And yeah. I'm, I'm not a proponent, though, of paying things through Facebook Messenger.
2: Yeah, they, they already have enough data as it is, and, you know, this is just another sneaky way just to <laughs> get, get in. I gotta tell you, I,
1: I was against for many years PayPal, but then when I saw how rigorous they are uh, i mean they're a bank basically uh they really try to do everything to the nines and they're very i'm very surprised at how reputable paypal has been uh they really keep your information secure it's not paypal that's unscrupulous it's the people that try to exploit and say hey um hi john hi mike just reaching out to you we just saw a three thousand dollar charge for a brand new set of golf clubs I, wasn't, I didn't think you purchased these, and I wanted to make sure we could address it before it hit your credit. Click here, bam. Suddenly a problem. Right. Well, we are just at the top of our hour with uh, another great show almost coming to a close here. And listen, if you have an idea for a show, uh, you can reach out to us at jmor.com. Click on um, the Reach Out Us button at the top right. And a click uh, apply to become a guest or let us know what um, idea you'd like to have in a show. Or if you'd like us to do an unboxing, let us know about that. But I want to let you guys know about something new that I just launched this week, December. um, Actually, last week was December 1st. And uh, we started something called uh, the 25 Days of Inspiration uh, Gifts Around the Holidays. So every night, starting on the 1st, I was unwrapping gifts to the 25th. And they're little gag gifts, but they're gifts that teach you how to do something in life when you apply them. And then if you use those tools consistently, they can actually help you change your level of success in your life. So definitely a great thing. And again, if any of you guys would like to get more exposure on your brand, we would love to talk to you about possibly uh, becoming a sponsor to support our program here. Well, unfortunately, Marcus, we got to say goodbye, don't we? Yeah, we do. Well, hey. it has been a great Friday uh, evening with you guys, and we'll be back uh, the 17th. That's actually one week before Christmas Eve, for those of you celebrating Christmas Eve. And I know those that are celebrating Hanukkah right now, happy Hanukkah to them. But I just can't believe we are going to be just one week out from Christmas Eve. That just that blows my mind.
2: Yeah, kids will be out of school and uh, for winter break, and...
1: Here we are. New (laughs) Year's to be here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, I hope that you have found tonight's show insightful. And remember, go back, watch our shows, listen to them. And, uh, you know, take note because we give a lot of useful information about things that you need to know to stay safe and stay educated in our evolving world of technology i'm john c morley serial entrepreneur and i will see you back next friday december 17th have a great weekend everyone thank you for tuning in to the J. moore weekly technology show where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way for more it support and tips just text IT support to 881. That's IT support to 881 and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jaymore Tech Talk show. Remember jmor.com.